Well, it's good to be with you guys this morning. Um, welcome to the very first Sunday morning gathering of River City Church. How exciting is that, right? Uh, you guys all know this, but like our church began long before today. Like today isn't like the start, right? You guys know that. And uh, like God, God has been at work in God has been at work in like bringing about this church for. For a lot of years. In fact, you can trace it all the way back to 2009 when God started to put on Aaron and the Moros' hearts uh, that he was calling them to plant a church in the city of Dubuque. And uh, you guys have been a part of that journey uh, over the years in various ways and shapes and capacities. And uh, we're all coming together. And so it's exciting to see a lot of those things kind of like coming into one thing. Is the sound just being weird? You can just mute me. It's okay. I'm loud enough. <laughs> All right. So, um, so as we launch services coming up here, this thing is just weirding me out. Okay. All right. Uh, so as we launch service, <laughs> this is going to be such a great recording, right? Uh, as we launch services uh, this coming Sunday, we're going to be uh, studying through the book of, of Ephesians for the better part of probably. I don't know, five months or something like that. It'll take us sometime into February. And uh, I'll talk a lot more about where, like, I'll introduce the book of Ephesians, and we'll do all that stuff next week as we we dive into it. But as Aaron and I were studying and prepping um, for, uh, just like preparing that series well, helping to study through those passages so we just really understood what was going on well, I feel like we came across some context for understanding what's going on in Ephesians that I think is just like especially helpful for us as a core team as we think about like helping to plant and launch this church, right? So um, I'm going to take a little, like just bear with me, we're going to go on a little storyline here, tracing kind of how the Bible talks about the church in Ephesus, basically throughout the Bible, right? Um, (laughs) My kid was the first one to cry at church. That's so great, right? None of you can feel guilty now. All right, so uh, so the church at Ephesus began, like all other churches, as a church plant, just like River City is, right? In the early 50s AD, the Apostle Paul, on his third missionary journey, uh, visits the city of Ephesus. And God had actually prevented Paul from coming to Ephesus uh, previously. This is his third missionary journey, not the first one. He had been trying to get to this region, uh, but God had been preventing that from happening. So Paul eventually is able to come in the early 50s AD, and he comes with a few people, and they help plant this church in the city of Ephesus, which is the first church in all of Asia Minor. That'd be like modern-day Turkey, right? So it's the very first Christian church in that entire region, right? Paul stays there for three years, and he's preaching and teaching and making disciples and doing all that kind of stuff. And we see the result of all of that time of Paul's work in the city of Ephesus over the course of three years. It says that in Acts 20 that all of the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. That is code for, like, they told everybody about Jesus. Like, everybody, right? All the peeps. Um, And so there is this mass expansion of the gospel into this area that had never heard the gospel before. 
So Paul has to leave the city of Ephesus in about the mid-50s A.D. to continue on his missionary journeys. And on his way back, he's kind of making this big loop, and on his way back, he's heading to Jerusalem at the end of his third journey. He swings back by Asia Minor and the city of Ephesus, um, and he just wants to, he has something he needs to tell the leaders of that church, right? And so he says, uh, in, at the end of uh, Acts chapter 20, Paul charges the leaders of this Ephesian church, uh, and he says, Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, and be shepherds of the church of God, which I bought, uh, which he bought with his own blood. And I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. This would be the last time that the Ephesians would ever get to see the Apostle Paul. Like, he was their pastor. He was like their friend. It says at the, after, at the end of this passage that they wept because they knew they wouldn't get to see him again. So Paul thinks that this message is important enough to, to come all the way back around on his journey. Like, it's not on his way. Like, it's out of the way to come and give this message to the Ephesian leaders. And so Paul heads back to Jerusalem after giving them this message. And by AD 60, Paul is in prison in Rome, awaiting trial. And it's from prison that Paul writes the letter that we have as Ephesians. And we're going to study that letter over the course of the coming months. And as you'll see in the coming months, uh, the book of Ephesians is not a formal greeting card. It is not a, like, a heady, deeply, like, uh, philosophical kind of thing. Uh, it's not a theological paper. Ephesians is, like, Paul passionately, like, reminding this church about the love of God. It's like a heartlet. It's not designed to hit the Ephesians here. It's designed to hit them here, Right? And so, Paul is reminding them about who Jesus is and all that he's done. He's reminding them in the book of Ephesians about God's in, like, immeasurable love towards them, about their identity in him, about who they are because of Jesus, right? And if his final message to them when he visited them at the end of Acts was like, be careful, guard your theology, watch out for people who are trying to stray from the truth, guard that, right? And his message in Ephesians is, love Jesus more than you love anything else because he loves you incredibly. Fast forward 30 years, right? We're wrapping up our little timeline here, right? Fast forward 30 years to 8090. Three decades later, after Paul writes the book of Ephesians, Matt, that's like three decades. That's a long time. Like, I'm going to be 60 in three decades. That's like almost dead, right? And um, so, so it's 8090, right? And the Apostle John right, is the last living of all the apostles, right? And uh, he's barely living at this point. Like, I'm talking like they tried to boil him oil. He didn't die, so they exiled him on an island, kind of alive, right? And Jesus comes to John, like, legit, in person. Jesus comes to John while he's on this island. Um, And you know, Jesus doesn't just come down from heaven all willy-nilly, right? Like, He's coming down from him. There's a purpose to that, right? And so Jesus has a message for John, and that is the book of Revelation, right? But but even more specifically, Jesus has a very specific message for seven churches, 
right? And he wants John to deliver this message to these churches, right? And so the very first church on that list is the church at Ephesus, right? The other seven churches are all churches in that region of Asia Minor, right? All churches that kind of began at the Ephesus point and then um, came out of that, right? So let's just go to Revelations chapter 2. If you want to look that up on your phone, your Bible, you're welcome to. How legit is it that we're at the very first week we're getting to Revelation? That doesn't usually happen, right? Anyways, okay. So we're going to be in Revelation chapter 2, right? It's at the back. Easy to find, right? And uh, so uh, I just want us to just take a... We're just going to take a quick look at this, and then I want to help frame where we're going here, right? So uh, Paul here, or this is... This is Jesus. Like, if you have a Bible in person, like, it's probably red letters here, right? This is Jesus himself talking to the Apostle John. This is a message that Jesus has for these churches, right? And there's seven individual messages. This is the one to Ephesus, the first one. And Jesus himself, this is the message he has for this church. He says, To the angel at the church in Ephesus write these things. These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Jesus says, I know your deeds. I know your hard work and I know your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not apostles, and you have found them false. You have persevered. You have endured hardships for my name and you have not grown weary. Verse 4, yet this I hold against you. You have forsaken the love that you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. For whoever has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So what is Jesus' message to this church beginning? This is now their fifth decade of being a church. The church was planted in AD 50-ish. It's now AD 90. They have just finished 40 years of being a church, right? So this is Jesus' message to this church. They were the first church in the entire region of Asia Minor, and God had used them to plant countless churches in that region that had previously never heard the gospel. We have specific messages to seven churches alone that this church helped plant, right? They had loved God. They had embraced the gospel. They had proclaimed the gospel to their entire region. They planted churches. They trained up leaders. Like, they were doing a good job, and Jesus' message is, I see you. Verse 2, I saw, I've seen your deeds, I see your hard work, I see your perseverance, I see you. I know that you did what Paul told you to do. I know that when the last time he told you, he said, guard the flock well, and you weeded out the bad theology, and you weeded out the people who said they were apostles but were not apostles, you held fast to the truth, it was hard, but you did it, I see you. Then there's the big but. Right? It's, but this I hold against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. You forgot your first love. You forgot the why you're doing all the stuff you're doing. Somewhere along the line, in the 40 years that this church had existed, 
in the midst of all the spiritual battles, in the midst of all the, the theological um, wolves that were trying to come in and t- attack people and take people away. In the midst of fighting those battles and doing that and the hard work of making disciples and planting churches and trying to do the things that they felt like they needed to do, they forgot. They forgot the why they were doing what they were doing. And Jesus says, like his message to them is the why really matters. He says, repent, turn, otherwise I'm going to take your lampstand. And what he means is, Repent and turn, otherwise I'm going to close your church. I will end it. It's like the things that you're doing, the stuff on the outside, that like that is not of Jesus' primary concern. Like the why behind what we're doing is of utmost concern. Jesus says, I saw your hard work. I saw that you did what Paul told you. I saw that you fought off the bad theology. I saw that you protected the flock. I saw that you did it, but you forgot why. I feel like his message to them is, let me be your motivations again for all that you're doing. Let me empower your mission. Let me be the reason that you love others and that you plant churches and that that you make disciples. Because you love me and because I first loved you, let that be the motivations for everything. This is my opinion. This is not a fact, right? But I think the purpose of the book of Ephesians as Paul's writing it, way back in AD 60, is because I think Paul foresaw what was going to happen. Or at least he saw what could potentially happen to them. As I said before, the book of Ephesians is a profoundly passionate letter. It is not a theologically heady argument. The book of Ephesians is Paul just trying to get at their hearts. I think Paul knew that there would be a danger for the Ephesians to get so dug in on their battles to protect the flock and keep the truth that as he charged them to do, he gave them those instructions. But I think he knew that there was potential that they would get stuck and that they would forget the why and that they would forget the who that they were doing it for. Because, like, let's shoot straight, like, planting churches and making disciples and loving Jesus and reaching people with the gospel, like, that's really, really hard. See, I think all of us are coming in today and like, I think we're all like legitimately excited about River City Church beginning, right? Like, I, I'm excited. If you're not excited, though, like that would be weird, right? Um, like, we're all excited about reaching our city with the gospel and we're excited about planting more churches and we're excited about making more disciples. Like, that, like we are like on the team. Like that's, like, that's what we're in on, right? I can guarantee you there is going to come a day when you do not feel like you feel today. When you are going to wonder if it's worth it to keep sacrificing. When you're going to wonder if it's worth it like, to keep like, pressing in to reaching a city that doesn't want to get reached. And to planting churches. Because that's really hard to do. And people just don't want to be made disciples of lots of times. It's hard to make disciples And let's say 30 years down the road, man, I I hope that we look back and River City Church has planted many churches. And that this isn't just like a group of a ton of people that's here in Dubuque, but that we have multiplied and planted far beyond the, the city's realms, right? I hope that we are still making disciples and planting churches and preaching the gospel. I long for that to be the case. 
But the question will still be, why? Why are we doing the things that we're doing? Are our motivations the same today? Will they be the same in 30 years from now? Will it be because we love Jesus desperately because he first loved us desperately? Our motivations on that day, they will matter. They matter to Jesus in the church of Ephesus. I guarantee you they will matter. That's why we must never, ever, ever forget our first love. Jesus, the king of the entire universe, came to be born into creation, to be murdered by his own creation so that he might be the bridge by which our rebellious hearts might be corrected and reunited and cleansed and be made right with God. When we hated him, he died for us. When we were opposing him, he died for us. It's that love that we must never, ever forget. That love changes everything that we do. You see, on Paul's third missionary journey, it wasn't the first go-around. Paul had been trying to get to Asia Minor for years. It was now, was at that time, was God's timing to reach that, that area with the gospel. And it seems that he decided to use the city of Ephesus to be the launching point for that to happen. For many years, Dubuque has been the least evangelical city in the entire Midwest. There are places in China where there are more evangelical Christians than there are in the city of Dubuque. It's illegal to be a Christian in China. We really believe that God, it's his timing to reach the city of Dubuque. And he's not just using us. He's using lots of other people. But we really believe that God is at work in beginning to reach this city. And we don't just want to plant River City Church, right? The goal isn't just to plant this church. The goal is to plant many churches, not just here in Dubuque, but throughout this region and this, and this area, so that people might actually know and believe and love and follow Jesus. We believe that God wants to use us and others to renew this city and this region with the good news of the gospel. If that is going to have any shot of happening then we have got to be rooted in the love of Jesus. That, that's it. We have to be motivated by and empowered by him. So, how are we going to do that? I promise I'm wrapping up here, right? How are we going to avoid the fate of the church in Ephesus, right? We don't really know much about what happened to the church in Ephesus after this time. Right? After John wrote this letter. This is not a comprehensive list, right? But these are the few of the things that I think it's going to look like for our church to like treasure and enjoy Jesus so that we might not forget our first love. One, we're going to talk about the gospel all the time. Like, all the time, right? And not just like in an evangelistic kind of sense, but like in like the gospel is good news to all of us all the time. And so like, you're going to hear me talk about that all the time, right? We all need to hear that because we forget. It should be like watching your favorite movie. Like, you never say no 
when someone asks you if you want to watch your favorite movie, right? And if someone starts quoting your favorite movie, you start quoting it with them, right? You're not like, shut up! I like that movie too much, right? Like, you, you quote it, you want to remember it, you enjoy it, you love talking about it, right? Like, that should be how we think about the gospel. Like, it's our favorite movie. We love listening to it. We love seeing it. We love remembering it. We love telling it to other people. We love talking about it and quoting it and remembering it. And I will try every week as we study God's word to always bring us back to the truths of the gospel. That we might treasure and enjoy Jesus as the one that is our ultimate hope. Number two, we're going to remember Jesus' work on the cross every week as we celebrate communion together. This Sunday will be the first time we get to do that as River City Church. Like, that's exciting to get to do that and celebrate communion and enjoy that together, right? Communion is a chance for us to remember all that Jesus has done on our behalf. To treasure and enjoy him for all that he has done for us. Thirdly, we will love Jesus with our heads and our hearts at River City Church, right? Like, we're not going to be the church that's just like the, we have 39 theological distinctives and we need everyone to know every single one of the 39 theological, like, no. Like, you know Aaron and I well enough to know, like, we value good theology and doctrine, but like, that's not going to be the only thing we ever talk about here, right? Um, My goal is not to be known as like the weeping pastor or something like that. But, like, I can guarantee, like, over the course of, like, the lots of years that I'll be preaching here, like, I can guarantee you will probably see me cry. Like, you need to understand that, like, I want to lead this church not just out of, like, a theological understanding of what is right. But, like, I want you guys to know how passionately I love Jesus. And I want you to love him more than I do. Another thing. We're going to be a church that, like, celebrates and throws great parties because we have a lot to celebrate. And so we celebrate Jesus and we show our community how good he is by, like, throwing great parties and enjoying each other and enjoying Jesus and enjoying things unto him. And this is not the end of the list, but we will sing about Jesus often. I hope that you see over the coming months... That we have been, like, really intentional and deliberate about the kinds of songs that we're doing here at River City Church and about uh, what we sing about and about what is important to us. And one of the things I hope you notice is that the songs that we sing are, we try to be really deliberate that they're about God and not about us primarily. Because when we gather to worship together, it's a chance for us to remember together the God that we worship and serve. And all that he has done for us, individually and as a church. I'm uh, super thankful for Ryan and Dustin, who will be the ones that are primarily uh, leading us in worship, musical worship. And just grateful for their hearts and their intentionality and their leadership as we, as we worship and enjoy Jesus. There will be so much else for us as we learn to love and follow and reach our city for Jesus, right? But for us, we must be a people that never forgets our first love. So let me pray, and then we'll uh, have a chance to take communion and sing together and enjoy Jesus and uh, celebrate all that he has done for us. Amen? All right, let's pray.
God, thank you so much for your great love for us, for how incredibly good you are. Thank you for the chance to, like, start this church. Thank you that, like, it's your timing and your purposes and your reasoning that have brought this about. Like, man, there's just, like, way too many things that could never have happened without you. And so we just recognize that you're the one that's done this. And so, God, we are excited about, like, beginning this well and reaching our city. But we want to have the same motivations today. We want to have the same motivations in 30 years and 40 years from now. That we would treasure and enjoy you. That we would long desperately that people would come to know and love and follow you because we have treasured and enjoyed you ourselves. God, by your spirit, would you keep reminding us about the goodness of the gospel, about how such incredibly good news it is to us. God, don't let us get caught up in the theological uh, arguments or in all of these kinds of things that would distract us from our first love and cause us to forget you. Jesus, help us to engage in those things, but to remember our first love, you. And so we just recognize that we need your spirit to do that. And so uh, we just ask that you might empower us to be a church that is always motivated by our love for you and your love for us. Help us to reach our city for your name and your glory. Amen.